Welcome on back to this Saturday's show. We are down here at Stockton 12 Honda here in the Southtown Auto Mall. Stop on by. If you're planning on going to the RSL match today, we're right off the exit. You're going to use most likely to go to this game if you're coming north. Come on by, say hi. We've still got a bit of swag laying around. Got a couple t-shirts left, it looks like. We've got some of the Utah Jazz City Edition stickers. Love to see you. Come check out these Hondas. We've had the car alarm go off a few times while we've been sitting We know those here. work. We know they work, absolutely. they got some awesome cars. This this Civic that's the hatchback edition sitting next to us is absolutely awesome. So come on by, check it out. We'll talk to you about the deals here in a moment, but we're going to get to some audio here. Uh, you Athletic Director Mark Harlan joined David James and Patrick Kinahan yesterday. Um, kind of our thought in bringing him on was to find out why exactly um, – he, made, he gave the contract extension that was announced earlier this week to Kyle Whittingham. I think some people probably had questions about that. Why do it now, etc. He explains that, but then they also the conversation also got into basketball, got into Liz Abel, who's the longtime sports information director there at the school, her impending retirement. And also um, the state of the conference and how, they have, mm-hmm. how he and other athletic directors interact with Larry Scott. And... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you listen to that. I, I want to talk about that point in particular. Okay. We're going to talk about that because he has some very interesting comments about it, it appears that things have changed in the Pac-12 just recently in terms of, yeah, the interaction they're having with Larry Scott. Mm-hmm. So let's get to it. This is Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan on DJ and PK in the morning yesterday here on the Zone Sports Network. Time to bring in University of Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan, and he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Mark, good morning. Good morning, guys. You guys being nice to each other today? Oh, you One know, of that, us is, yeah. That comes and goes. Yeah, I'm being nice to PK. <laughs> that. Good. So uh, good there are mul- multiple things to talk to you about, but obviously you just worked out a contract extension and uh, Kyle Whittingham signed up for the next five years or so. So uh, why did you move on that? I mean, obviously you're new and you got a lot of things to do. Why move on that right now? you got a whole list of stuff. Why that one? Well, it was really important to uh, – to, to, the, to the program in general, I think, to extend him out, to, to give him back five years, so to speak, to add to. Um, I think it's great for continuation and to you know tell everybody what I feel about him. I think that was an important message. Um, but at the end of the day, he flat out deserved it, and the, the staff flat out deserved it. You know, So when every metric's up and you got a guy that you really believe in, uh, you, just, you just take care of it, and that's what we did. With your experience in this conference coming up through Arizona and then working over there in Los Angeles with uh, UCLA, you obviously know about Pac-12 football. It's something you've been following for many, many years. And, and, and me, growing up in Arizona myself, I've followed it too for my whole adult life. And one of the things that I can contribute to su- the success at Utah, particularly in the South with what's been going on, is the stability in the coaching staff. And you look at the schools that they're competing with, and some of these teams are on three coaches since the Utes joined and Kyle's been there the whole time. So when I look at Utah and its rise up the ladder in the pegging order of Pac-12 football, I think a large degree is due to the stability of Kyle Whittingham being the coach and kids knowing what they're going to get when they come here. How much did that factor into your decision to extend him as far as the stability of the program is crucial to the success of the program? I think it's absolutely critical, and I think the first thing you just got to make sure 
that he's really, really good, and we know that that he is, right? And then if you can combine that with the kind of stability that, that Utah's had that, that we all want to take to get to Pasadena and beyond, you know, it starts with people. Obviously, we've talked through that. We know our facilities are um, second to none, our football facility. Um, I just went through there yesterday, you know, go through there a lot, but just being in there yesterday, just – you know, just remarkable, you know, what a place it is to work. And then, of course, with the football project and getting us over 50000 in the next couple of years and the things we want to do there. So there's a lot here. And, and we know that we, we just have to continue to grind, outwork folks, and uh, continue to work. But I think it's all right there for us to, to go out and capture. How do your assistant salaries compare to others in the conference? The, the salary pool is good. I mean, that's something that Whit and I worked on in this extension to make sure that we – we're competitive in that way. Uh, we're not first in the conference. I, 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 you know, I know that's for the you know the case, but I know that we're in the upper half of it. I think our guys are well compensated, and uh, I know they love living here. So the combination really keeps this group together. So I think one thing that uh, a lot of football fans wonder the the facility improvement they've talked about the most the last decade, the South End Zone. Where does that stand right now? going well we're in the process of choosing the architect now uh worked on that earlier in the week fundraising is is going extremely well very very happy we're well ahead of the schedule there um now we're just you know kind of working once we get the architect we'll work on all the all the features that we want based on the survey that we did but we are right on schedule with that project and really looking forward to uh to working on that over the next year plus as you extend uh, contracts into the future, I'm wondering how cognizant are you about buyouts and all that? Because money counts, obviously, and you have to be financially prudent. And then we see programs like Colorado and ASU paying out $10 million to coaches that are no longer there, which seems outrageous to me. Well, you, you're very cognizant of that, and I, I think that's another thing that, that you, you just got to give Utah, Dr. Hill, Witt, and others a lot of, of credit because you know we haven't had to pay those things, right? And in, in, in football, why others have have had to dish out so much of that and that money, um, you know, we're able to invest those kind of things in the program rather than someone that's not working here. So that's been a really huge benefit to have Witt here this long, and I think in terms of of. You know, protecting ourselves too with all our coaches. We want to make sure that that uh, you know we, we we have other schools if they want to come looking. We have a high number there, so maybe they'll look the other direction. So you want to protect yourself on, on both both sides of that. You're losing a, a longtime assistant in Liz Abel, and she was known to be Chris Hid- uh, Chris Hill's uh, right hand person, so to speak. Uh, how much uh, are you going through as far as anticipating any turnover in terms of wanting your people in there? Well, Liz is terrific. You know, knew Liz uh, well before I got here. Uh, an institution within the institution, so to speak. You know, she's she's just terrific. She's probably listening right now to critique me after I get off the air here. But miss her a lot. You know, she's uh, she's a true pros pro, as you guys know. Cares about the the, uh, the University of Utah more than probably anyone I've ever met. So, um, you know, really glad that we get to work. You know, through August with her and. And then she'll be close. You know, this whole my people, your people thing, I don't buy into it. I just I think there's a tremendous amount of great people that work at the University of Utah. Um, we all hold each other accountable, and myself included, and, and everyone is working really hard to make sure we continue the trajectory that we're on. 
Um, but there's a lot of great people that were here when I got here. So they continue to do that. They're my people, uh, the day I walk in the door. So, um, but on Liz, we'll really miss her and, and, uh, really glad she's going to stay in the community. Mark Harlan joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So as you get through the, uh, you're not quite through the first year, but you're, you're getting close there. What do you know now that you didn't know before? What has been the biggest, biggest thing you've learned, the biggest takeaway? Well, it remains the, 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 the passionate fan base. It just, you know, there's not a week that goes by that, that uh, it doesn't appear in some form or fashion, whether it's, you know, waiting in traffic to get to a gymnastics game and, and gymnastics meet, I should say, and, and seeing 15,000 people in there. And, you know, basketball, I think we're going to finish second or third in, in attendance again. Um, football. I mean, just the passionate fan base. I mean, again, you hear about it, you see it from afar, but until you're here, um, it's just remarkable. And it's, it's, I think it's very unique in our conference to have that kind of support in the community. We've seen it in our fundraising and our ability to really move projects forward. So that, that's been by far and away the, the, the best thing that anyone could hope for uh, in this position. And then, you know, just the folks at the University of Utah, from the president to the people on campus and, and to the people that I get to work with every day, just a passionate group. Um, so it's awesome. I mean, I really am extremely blessed to, to be here. And the community has been great. I mean, we found a house right near the university. and. People are just really great to us and, uh, you know, just really honored to be here. The conference has taken a lot of negative publicity in recent weeks and months. Uh, as far as you, you're not, you're, you're new in this job, but you're not new to the conference, obviously. Uh, what do you see being done at the conference level to put it in a better spot? Well, a lot of work, a lot of work behind the scenes. We have another AD meeting next Saturday to follow up on some key initiatives that we're trying just to look at and make decisions. I think you saw one of the, the public uh, announcement a few weeks ago about what we're going to do with the officiating program for our football teams and, and uh, you know, hiring a firm that uh, helped, helped the NFL a few years back. We're going to bring those guys in, take a whole look at our officiating program and talk to every AD, talk to every head coach. Um, top down, just to really make sure that that uh, you know anything we need to tweak, how we're how we're managing our replay, you know all those kind of things. I mean, we're not going to run from anything that needs to be fixed. We're looking at all the finances. You know, what can we do to distribute more to the universities? Um, all of that, and you know, Commissioner Scott's been really, really open to all of this, knowing that you know we have a terrific group of schools, terrific conference historically, but we also have to recognize that if there's things that need to be done to get better, we just need to do it. So, very collaborative approach. Um, all 12 ads are extremely engaged in all of these things, along with their presidents and chancellors. And so, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty pleased with the work that's gone on the last six months. We just have to, uh, you know, we just have to get better uh, in the two sports that, that everyone reads about. We know in the other sports we're, we're having, a, you know, fantastic years, women's basketball, et cetera. But on those two, in men's basketball and football, we have to get better. And there's a lot of work going on in that regard. So just to be brutally honest, is Larry Scott moved past the ADs uh, and the whole concept of it's on a need-to-know basis and UADs don't need to know? Because I've heard that, and I've heard it more than once, and I'm not hearing it from the University of Utah. No, I mean, um, you know, I can't say, you know, what, what, was, what was going on before because obviously I've been gone for five years. All I can speak to is, is since I've been here, and it's been very collaborative, 
Um, you know, the ADs are on calls now every two weeks. Um, I know that's new in terms of the way we're communicating and talking about issues. Uh, Commissioner is very available. If I call him, he always answers. If I got questions, he answers. Um, been very, very open uh, to the things that we're working on. So that's all you can ask um, is that, uh, you know, he engages us. We're the practitioners, and, and that's what he's been doing. So, you know, at the end of the day, we all know that we just got to get better. And uh, it takes, you know, it takes us working together and communicating to, um, you know, to help in that way. So we're marching forward. We'll have another meeting next week, as I said. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll continue to look at things that uh, we know that need to be addressed. When you say things get better, that's a general term. Is it specific to where it, when things get better or if they get better, it boils down to putting teams in the football playoff, putting men's basketball, more teams in the NCAA playoff uh, tournament, I should say, and having success there, and then everything else falls into place, or is it more to it than that? Well, there's, you know, a conference, is, as you guys know, is more to it than that. And there's, there's, there's the, just the day-to-day running of, of all the championships that have to be done and, and certainly all the revenue streams that need to be worked on. But at the end of the day, what gets all the attention, and rightly so, is, is the performance that you have in, in football and then behind that, men's basketball. And so, you know, I think what we're doing in that regard is we're just we're taking a look at a lot of data. How are we all investing in football uh, compared to our peers? Uh, how are we all investing in basketball compared to our peers? Is there things that we're out of whack that we need to look at? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. The way the basketball tournament works is that, you know, that, that, that contract is so that you get the conference gets revenue from teams that get in the tournament and then teams that advance. So if we, if we only get one in this year or two, you know, that's a big hit across the conference in terms of revenue. So you have to look at that and say, okay, what if we invested, you know, in the front side of that so we don't lose that now? So we're looking at all of those things collectively as a group. We're looking at our scheduling as a group. Um, so those are the things that you try to do to, to, to get better. But um, it takes, takes some time and it takes some real focus. But... What's, what's, what's good about this right now is we're all kind of working on it very closely together. And how much of this really is on the conference? And I know, you know, that was a pretty explosive series out of Oregon, and there was some good reporting in that. But still, how much of this is on individual schools building the right facilities, hiring the right people, and winning and then all the other stuff about the conference. While it's true and it's important, it's still up to the individual schools to manage it, especially the flagship programs, and make the deep runs that the whole conference benefits from. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there has been probably some dialogue that, that's maybe unfairly blaming everything on you know, San Francisco on the conference office. I mean, I think we all have our responsibilities to field competitive teams and and uh, do do the things that, that aid in winning. I mean, you, you, we all have to look in the mirror. It's easy to, to blame someone else, right? But you gotta you gotta look in the mirror in what you're doing in your own programs. And I know you know that that we're all doing that. Um, obviously, the conference's biggest role in this is is just producing the revenue you know that we we need to be able to um, sustain or you know do the things we need to, to do to invest to get to get better and and you know that's the one thing obviously that we all know we don't need to spend too much time in this is just with the network not producing the revenue that was forecasted years ago i mean that that's the biggest issue that we have in the, in the you know the gap between us and let's say the sec but again 
you know, it is what it is. We have four and a half more years. We're looking at other options on that. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, I also have to look at Utah's revenue and say, okay, what can we do more to, to for fundraising? What's some things that I can control? And as such, the other ADs in the conference to make sure that we're also maximizing the revenue that we directly oversee. So, it, again, everyone's got to work on this together. Uh, you know, to move forward. So I asked Kyle the other day about, okay, this is nice, this extension that puts you at 64. Is this your last deal? And he kind of hemmed and hawed and said, I don't think I can answer that. Not sure. And so uh, I don't want you obviously to reveal any confidence between the two of you, but I'm just wondering, do you have any indication if this would be the last or would be he interested, would he, would he be interested in more? You know, it's funny. We we didn't really get into that. You know, uh, it was more about just being focused on on what we were trying to do in this contract. But but the way that dude works out, and and the way that dude has kept his health, I mean, who knows? This thing could go on forever. You know, he's capable of of uh, of keeping it at a high level for for many many years. I'll just say this: I hope we get in that situation. But I have a feeling eventually he's just going to want to. You know, take more than one or two ski runs in the morning. You may want to do that a little bit longer throughout the day. But you guys know him. He's yeah. He's got so many things outside of football. Maybe one day he'll want to spend more time with that. But that'll be a good thing for us if he wants to continue to roll. Mark, we appreciate a few minutes. Uh, enjoy the time in Vegas, and uh, good luck to you and your teams. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you go. Carlin, Utah Athletic Director. and. I love his interviews. Yeah, he's a, he gives a lot of great insight. He's very forthcoming on things. He'll explain everything he understands. There's a lot of people that we talk to in the media that'll give you canned answers that won't give you insight. He does a great job of that. And you can tell that the dynamic in the Pac-12 has changed a lot recently. And I'm not going to lie, I actually do think it's in relation to some of the reports that have come out from the Oregonian. John Canzano mm-hmm. did a great job covering that. John Wilner's getting a good job out there to San Jose Mercury News. Dennis Dodd even had a piece recently on the Pac-12 that really went in-depth. He went out and visited the Pac-12 networks. I have to say that the stuff that Mark was tar- talking about in terms of their interactions with Larry now, he'll take their phone calls and all this stuff. You can't tell me that's not in relation to the beating that, they've, that the Pac-12 has taken in recent months. Yeah, you have to, and but part of me just is so skeptical about anything well, that as Larry you should Scott... Be, as you yeah, should be. Anything Larry Scott's involved in, I am a little skeptical, and I almost don't believe it when he's... From him, maybe the... Maybe and obviously we have we're not privy to everything that goes on. Absolutely, but it, yeah. just as of lately, it's hard to change my opinion about the job that Larry Scott's been doing. But hopefully, the athletic directors and presidents, as uh, Harlan said, there have been more involved, mm-hmm. which means that there's some more accountability to the top of the Pac-12. And that's what you would hope yeah. is that there's there's more accountability coming that they that they really are able to voice their opinions because in the past it sounded like essentially the, the athletic directors were told this is how you're gonna this is how it's gonna be sit down and, and like it yeah. yeah sit down and like it yeah that can't be that way I understand that the university presidents are the ones that hire and fire Larry Scott et cetera or mm-hmm. who a commissioner is. But these athletic directors are overseeing budgets that exceed $1 billion combined. Mm-hmm. They have a voice, and they should be heard. Oh, definitely. So, and, and they can't let one president or one athletic director dictate everything. Well, apparently there's one or two that have been dictating yeah, and things. Especially the, the ones in, 
Corvallis, Oregon. <laughs> and Arizona State. I've driven through Corvallis. You get through it in about five seconds. Yes, you do. So uh, if the, I, I, I'm with you, Adrian. I'm Hopefully the Pac-12, this is not a show so to let things die down and then they go back to their old right. ways. Totally. Hopefully this is a true change. It, it proves better to, in the long run for the Pac-12 because at the very minimum, I know that they've talked about selling part of the ownership in the in the, an ownership stake in the conference to generate some cash very quickly. I, I think hate that, that too. I think that's a foolhardy decision yeah. to do that because, in all honesty, if I'm Stanford, who has a, an endowment worth over a billion dollars, if I were Stanford, I'd just buy it and be like, guess what? It's all Stanford all I, the time. I own it. Let's go. Stanford I, presents the Pac-12 tournament. They've just got to, they've got to be smart about their how they kind of strategize going forward. I know they have those uh, all these conferences have their media rights deals coming up yeah. in the middle of the next century, in the century, middle of the next decade. You've just got to be smart here because that, that revenue gap is only going to get bigger in the time being, but I don't think selling an ownership stake in the conference and their network is going to help you in the long run. Totally agree. All right, we're here at Stockton 12 Honda, 10860 Auto Mall Drive here in Sandy. Come get a new Accord for $6 a day, Civic $5 a day, HRV $6 a day, CRV $8 a day, or you can get two Hondas for $12 a day. Now, that two-for-12 deal only runs through March, mm-hmm. so make sure if you're looking for a couple cars, this is a great time to come down and get them with a great deal like that, 12 bucks a day. Sounds like a good deal to me. You can also buy any car online at Stockton12Honda.com, and uh, make sure you check that out. It's a great website. We've also got the service center up and running. Mm-hmm. The new balloons are in the uh, red, yellow, white, red I like it. scheme. Every time we come in, there's a new balloon scheme. Mm-hmm. They're keeping it fresh out here. So come see us. We'll be here about another half hour yeah. until 4 o'clock. So we've got a few things left to give away. If you want to come say hi. Uh, coming up on the other side, we're going to talk about the Jazz. They fell last night to the Grizzlies, but on Monday they have a monster home game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to talk about that coming up on the other side here on the Saturday Show. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. I had some people that got upset with my take about Zion Williamson. Your window of earning potential is so razor thin. Yep. I mean, it is so narrow that you've got to cash in while you can. Yeah, so don't talk to me about duty. Because how much does duty really pay off? Hey, what? I like D-U-T, like my duty. Like, what's my duty? Are you still saying duty? What is, why are you saying duty so many times? It's my duty. I know what you're doing. Stop it and grow up. Like, my duty to my job. I can't even Let's tell you Let's see how many times we can work in duty. I get it. How about loyalty? Don't talk to me about loyalty. Yeah, don't talk to me about what my duty is. No, 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 no. <laughs> loyalty. <laughs> you need to grow just, up. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Tatanka. The duty. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is the Saturday show. Adrian Lizer, Jake Hatch with you here at Stockton 12 Honda here on the Zone Sports Network. Come by and see us. Got a few stickers left. Got one more shirt. Someone wants to come snag that thing. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming by. I uh, just had a guy grab another shirt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. So uh, come by. We're we'll here a little bit longer. And, of course, uh, they'll be open for the rest of the day. So yep. if you're looking for a new Honda, come on by. Um Jake, last night the Utah Jazz, they fall to the Memphis Grizzlies, 114-104. 
not a great loss for the Jazz as they're trying to creep up in the standings as best they can. They do have a very light schedule coming up. But before that light schedule gets going, uh, the, on Monday night, the Jazz take on the Oklahoma City Thunder, who, if anybody remembers, the last time they met, it went double overtime, did. scored the most points in franchise history, floater by uh, Paul George with the, that went in. With, it was essentially at the buzzer. Uh, there was about a second left on the clock when he hit that shot. Uh, great, fabulous game. In oh, fact, absolutely, yeah. That week had my three favorite basketball games of the Jazz season, Thunder, then the Bucks, and the Nuggets, just yeah. three great games. Uh, but then, of course, this week the Jazz have lost two games to the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, and Monday night, big game against the Thunder. The Thunder last night, they fell to the Clippers. Uh, the LA Clippers team, they are very intent on making the playoffs, mm-hmm. even when they traded away Tobias Harris. Um, they, they, they have continued better. to be, yeah. They've yeah. continued to play really well. Lou Williams is a stud, of course. Everyone knows that he had forty off the bench last night. Uh, Danilo Gallinari had thirty-four. Mm-hmm. So big win for the Clippers. The Thunder are uh, dropping in the standings a little bit. They've now been passed by the Houston Rockets. The Rockets rising now that they are pretty much fully healthy. Thunder at 40 wins. Jazz at 37 wins. One win behind the Clippers, but ahead of the Clippers in the standings. And they have the same wins as the Spurs, but the Spurs have one more loss. So the Spurs are at eighth. But big game Monday night at home. Haven't beat the Thunder yet. Yeah, what are you thinking on this game? <sighs> Oklahoma City is very, very good. Paul George is playing at a level that... I haven't seen in his career, and he's been very good at points in his career. He's been it's the best he's ever just, played. Yeah, for sure. he's been incredible. And we had uh, Barry Trammell, who's, an, who's a columnist out there in Oklahoma City, on with DJ and PK a few weeks back, and he said that the the, the, the thought um, that that Paul George is replacing what Kevin Durant once brought to to Oklahoma City is absolutely true. He's just playing at an elite, an elite level. We all know what Russell Westbrook brings to the table every night. Uh, Steven Adams is just an absolute bear in the middle of the, in the middle of the paint there. So it's gonna be a tough game. I that game is the toughest game in the next ten games for the Utah Jazz, if you ask me. The second toughest might be just the Brooklyn Nets game. So yeah, this no, is, it might be the toughest game until. The second to last yeah, game. Yeah, it could of the be absolutely. But this is a game. This is a chance to make a statement because there have been some very highly entertaining games against the Thunder last year in the playoffs. We all saw that in the se- making it through the second round for the Utah Jazz, and even this season. You said that double overtime game was, man. I can't think of a much more fun game than that, that I've watched in recent memory with the Utah Jazz than that game. So. This game is a chance for the Jazz to make a statement, really show Oklahoma City, hey, yeah, we're the same stout Utah Jazz team you guys battled in the playoffs a year ago. But you you got to believe Oklahoma City's coming in here thinking, yeah, we're going to show the Jazz what's up because they're highly motivated, it feels like, every time they see the Jazz in a matchup to stick it to them based on what happened a year ago. Well, yeah, you said last week that if you're if you were picking a team as the Jazz, you would want to see them face the Oklahoma City. I Thunder. want to see it again. So, the, and you, I believe you said that you think they would have the best chance to beat this Thunder team. And uh, this could be a preview of a pretty good series. It, be, it, yeah. it would be no matter what. Whoever the Jazz play is going to be a great series. The Western playoffs are going to be fun. Yeah, the Western playoffs are going to be awesome. But as far as razor-thin margins go, if you can pick up a win like this, that really, really helps offset maybe a bad loss that you've had. 
well, in the last couple games. Yeah. And, I mean, it is so t- – I mean, the Blazers, they play the Suns tonight, so I'm thinking Portland's going to get the win, which puts them at 40 wins, the Jazz at 37, the Spurs at 37. And I know it's just wins. It's not necessarily percentage. But I'm looking at wins and can't really – if these teams aren't blinking, you can't either. And you got to go out and get wins. Yeah, you just got to take care of business. And the this Jazz, is one of those games now that yeah. they lost last night, you mm-hmm. got to come out and win this game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, this is just something you have to go out and play well. I think that Monday, if they were to win that game, would kind of really wash that um, dirty taste out of Utah Jazz fans' mouths with the losses to New Orleans and Memphis mm-hmm. this week. You go out and beat a team like Oklahoma City, I think a lot of people that are probably saying, same old Jazz, blah, 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 guess what? Right. That win right there, I think, would be like, no, we're we're still a good team. I think that would really help Utah Jazz fans feel a lot better about where the Jazz sit. But it's going to be a battle, plain and simple. Uh, and on Monday, what I'm looking for is Donovan Mitchell's got to have a star night because that's what the stars need to do yes. in playoff pushes. So I, I'm looking for him to have a big night. I'm looking for Rudy to have a bounce back. Um, in a matchup where I don't want to say he's struggled, but I think it's been a battle between him and Steven Adams. I don't think either of them have really gotten the best of each other. I think they both just really battle down there. And it's always a fun matchup. Same draft class. They ca- they're they kind of on the same contract structure right yes, now. Absolutely. Um, so I, I actually, it's one of my favorite Gobert matchups of the year is watching him play Steve Adams because like you said Adams is just such a bear but Rudy's just He's got so such strong, yeah. Rudy just has those skills mm-hmm. as, a, yeah. as a defender and last night you saw him steal a ball, do a spin move and dunk it all by himself in transition. I, I, I tweeted Rudy, Rudy <laughs> So a little bit fun. of offensive skill there but they, they're kind of differing players but they both are such a anchor to what defensively each team does. Absolutely, yes. And I think there's a healthy respect between the totally, two of them yeah. when they match up. I think some people wonder, like, do they actually – they enjoy playing one another because these are two of the premier big men in the NBA. Yeah. So when they face off, it's And they're a lot not of the stretch fives. No. They're, they're kind of that no. classic big man in the middle kind They're of thing. throwback, yeah. They're absolutely yeah. the throwback big men that you, that you used to see back in the day that every team had. So – it's going to be a tough matchup on Monday night, but I really feel like if the Jazz can win that game, it would go a long way to helping Jazz fans get over what's happened this week. And I think um, defensively, maybe try to, as much as you can, remove Paul George from going off and having a huge night. He's been pretty unstoppable this yeah. year, so but maybe try to get Westbrook into one of his shoot a ton of shoot uh, the Thunder in and out of basketball game kind of games which he tends to do yeah the the tough part is we saw we heard the news yesterday after the reevaluation that Dante Exum is returning to practice oh yeah that's big news we didn't bring that up him having if you were able to have him Monday night in that game which is not going to happen he's he hasn't practiced with the team he is a big part of what the Jazz have had when they've had success against Oklahoma City and some of these teams is his ability on the perimeter to defend so I'm hopeful that Joe Ingles can lock down Paul George. I'm with you, Adrian. I think you pick your poison and say, Russ, go ahead and shoot yourself into yeah. it or out of it. You, you kind of lock down on uh, Paul George and say, Russ, it's up to it's on you on the, in this game, and you go with that. Because if you have Paul George playing at a very elite level, it's hard to beat Oklahoma yeah. City, plain and simple. And still no update that I've seen on whether or not Ricky Rubio is going to be good to go in yep, this game. We'll see, yeah. Um, so that's Hip that's hard. Tightness was yeah. the latest report we had. That's hard. Like you said, um, the 
Dante Exum has been reevaluated and he's returning to practice. I doubt he'll play tomorrow. It's going to be a little while before he gets back on mm-hmm. the court. So it'll be big if Rubio can go just for depth's sake. Sometimes they, they don't have a ton of depth with all these point guards out because Neto's been out for a while. It's just and tough. Exum, yeah, it's just tough at that position. And, uh, I, and I really want to see another player or two you know, get into the 20-point range. I had a person tweeted me last night because I, I tweeted out that it was just an unacceptable loss for the Jazz to lose that game to Memphis, and he tweeted at me saying that, well, this proves why Ricky Rubio is of worth to Utah Jazz. I completely agree. I understand that positionless basketball has become all the rage where guys are able to interchange positions, but having a guy like Ricky Rubio who he he's just used to car- bring the ball up the court, he brings a steady veteran presence, definitely could have helped, and he very, very much could help on Monday night. I like Ricky's ability to defend. I like his ability to bring the ball up the court, get into the offense. I understand that people get upset with his shooting numbers because it's been mm-hmm. tough to watch this year. But as David Locke told DJ and Peaky yesterday, with all of these reported, he had the hamstring tightness recently and then this hip tightness that knocked him out of the game against Memphis. He says his lower body's failing him. And it was something that failed him at the end of last season. So they got to get him right, plain and simple. The only thing with Rubio is last time they played the Thunder Russell Westbrook blew by him so many times that he allegedly turned to Quinn and said, you got to take him off me. <laughs> I, I, that was I what that. was said in that game. But that, so. that can go back to the fact that he's having issues with his lower True. body. So and you might be right about that. But I worry about his ability to stay in front of Russell Westbrook. But who he, on the Jazz can? Maybe O'Neal can try. <laughs> Westbrook's so, I mean, how is he one of the most explosive players we've ever seen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yes. so that's, that's, I mean, I say that. Rubio had trouble staying in front of him, but I think most... Very few people are going to stay in front of him. Yeah, most can. So that's the hard part. Rubio, when he is in control, you're totally right. Mm -hmm. He's steady. He's a veteran. Uh, Sometimes he gets a little loose with the ball and things like that, but he's who they have, and he's their starting point guard, so it's important to have your starting point guard. Exactly. So hopefully he's able to play on Monday. You need as many guys healthy as you possibly can manage. This season, Adrian, if the Utah Jazz do what we hope they do, make a run in the playoffs here, and they do it having dealt with all these injuries at point guard, it might be a bigger accomplishment than most people are looking and really realize because to have had all three of your point guards for multiple points in the season, having them out for long stretches, Mm -hmm. to see what Quinn Snyder has done to kind of jimmy-rig this lineup and put it together – is truly impressive. Yeah, exactly. But they need as many guys healthy down the stretch here as they can get. Yep, so that game's tomorrow on, uh, or on Monday, sorry. I Monday, keep forgetting yeah. what day it is. Monday on the Zone Sports Network. Pre-game festivities will get underway at 6 o'clock yep. with uh, Jake Scott and Britton Johnson on the call, and then David and Ron on the call there, so you can catch all that here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, we do, you know what, I, I produce every game. I feel like we have a pretty awesome product. So if you're out in your car listening or if you're at home, we appreciate you listening to our uh, jazz radio broadcast. As as PK likes to say, he likes to um, turn down the TV and turn up the radio <laughs> a lot. It's kind of funny. How that, hey, there you go. You give ratings to TV mm-hmm. and ratings but to us yeah, at exactly. the same time. Yeah, because we want because obviously Bowler and those guys do an amazing job mm-hmm. on the TV side. Absolutely, yeah. AT and T uh, Sportsnet. Yep. Second highest ratings in the NBA. That's pretty good. I would it's a testament say. to what Utah Jazz fans are all yep, about. Definitely. Man. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to wrap things up here from Stockton 12 Honda here on the Saturday show. 
The Big Show. General Manager of the Utah Jazz, he is Dennis Lindsay. The best way to be disciplined defensively to start that virtuous cycle for us is to get a shot, not turn it over, to get a good shot so we got balance back, and then use defensive runs to grind teams. So we're really anxious on what we've done with our personnel, what Quinn's done with teaching and emphasis and strategy that we have kept the group together. And so if we maintain good health and really, really connect in a unique way, we're very anxious and able to go out there and compete with the best teams in the league. If you've missed any of the Big Show, go to 1280thezone.com. This is the Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping things up here on the Saturday show. Adrian Lazar, Jay Catch, Talon Chapel. Uh, we're here at Stockton 12 Honda for the next couple minutes, but they'll be open, of course, the rest of the day. And if you need a new ride, come down and check it out. They've got the 2019 models in. Absolutely. Uh, you can get a Civic. You can get uh, the Civic for $5 a day, the Accord for $6 a day, the HRV for also $6 a day, and the CRV for $8 a day. And through March, you can go to Hondas for $12 a day. So that's a pretty good deal. Uh, so that's only through March. So if you want two new cars, better, no better place to come than here at Stockton 12 Honda. Also, they are in urgent need of cars, and they're offering bribes for you. So come in and get a free appraisal. You can either take the cash or use it for a new Honda. No purchase required on Sweet. that. I like and, it. And then, of course, any car online, Stockton12Honda.com. We're always appreciative of them having us down here. And uh, it's our favorite place to come on the Saturday show. Absolutely. I, I love coming down here. And it's it's a fun environment. There's people here. They're excited to get new cars and everything. I just love coming down here, plain and simple. Uh, coming up later here on the Zone Sports Network is uh, me. More of me. More and that's at uh, 4 o'clock. The Movie Zone gets underway with Austin and I. Now, we were live on Thursday at Jordan Commons for the premiere of... Oh, sorry. Got Captain my headset of all Marvel. messed up. Yeah, for the premiere of Captain Marvel. I know Talon's going tonight. He is giddy with excitement, aren't you, Talon? Oh, the the giddiest. I don't yes. know if anyone's ever been giddier than I. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, he is, he's been talking about it all day to me. He's ready to see Captain Marvel. It was really good. I'll leave myself open for my uh, review in the next hour, but I'll tell you, spoiler alert for the, se- or for the movie zone, is we both liked it. I'm excited to go see it. You know me, I'm a big superhero movie fan. I probably won't see it till next week at some point, but I'm like Talon. I'm, I'm pretty giddy to go see this. It's been, it's been hyped up, and it fits in with this the Avengers Endgame movie that's coming up in just over a month. Is it a month now? A Out? month. Well, I would say it only fits in with Endgame in the credits. That's fine. I don't care. I just I, The rest of it actually fits in it's with... It's an origin story. Yeah. yeah, it actually... So it's it takes place in the 90s, so there's a lot of great nostalgia for the as 90s. A, as a child of the 90s, I'm very excited there about that. There is also a... I called it a villain origin story okay. involved in this as well. Very cool. From a different movie, but he's not really... He's not the villain in Captain Marvel. Okay. I'm going to say that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but he... Uh, there is a certain character from my favorite marvel movie that you see for the first time it's very interesting how they did it so i was cool. pretty impressed by that i'm so excited it's, to it's, see it's it. definitely worth going to where would what's your favorite marvel movie 
Ooh, favorite Marvel movie. Now, Talons this is point? Thor Ragnarok, which is so random. Talons. What? I got to say, that's a very random. I don't favorite. mind Ragnarok. That was. A good yeah, one. I didn't mind it either. But what did you? Call um, it? I'm not gonna lie. My f- the first one that ever came out, the original Iron Man, still one of the my first Iron Man. Huh? I loved it. That was the first one that came out. I was it? all hyped for. Wasn't that Hulk movie. before that? Okay, the uh, Hulk. I'm not fair. counting Ed Norton. They, they've it still counts. The, they've kind of fit the. <laughs> it does count, they've yeah. kind of re brought the Hulk into the whole universe because they didn't want to reboot it once again. So they just kind of left out. They on did it with own. Spider-Man seven times. I know. Times. They should have done it. They should have done it with the Hulk too, but whatever. <laughs> but I really I really do. Th- the original Iron Man is one of my all-time favorites and probably the Avengers, the very first Avengers is right mm, up there too. Interesting. I really like them. My too. top three in no particular order. Or I'll go top five. Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a great one, yes. Uh, Black Panther. Three for me. Black Panther, Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And probably, I love Civil War and Winter Soldier. It's hard. Doctor Strange is good. They're all really good. So, Marvel has built an incredible franchise. Yes. It, for me, growing up, loving the Marvel Universe, it's awesome to see. I also like the DC Universe, but I just feel like DC has done a no, awful job suck. by comparison. Except for comparison. the uh, Batman trilogy. Batman but. trilogy and Wonder Woman, it feels yeah, like. They, uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's coming up next on the Movie Zone, and we were at Jordan Commons. So make sure you head out to Megaplex. They've got a great set of theaters out there, and you can mm-hmm. see anything you want. There's also one other Western out this weekend that we'll talk about as well called The Kid. Uh, All right. That is directed by Vincent D'Onofrio. It's got Chris Pratt, speaking of Marvel, and Ethan Hawke in it. All right, that's going to do it for us here at Stockton 12 Honda. Make sure you come down and see them. They've got um, sales people and service people ready to help you if you need to get your car serviced mm-hmm. or if you want to purchase a new car. Uh, for Jay Catch, Talon back in the studio, Nate, our on-site engineer, and I'm Adrian Lizer, and we're going to say goodbye here from the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. <laughs>